It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on Friday. Getaway Friday as I'm heading to Legion Stadium for Guns N' Roses tonight. The first rock show in Vegas. I think it's a big night, historic night in Vegas. A football stadium rock and roll show with one of the biggest rock acts of all time. GNR's in town. Mammoth will open up with Wolfgang Van Halen. We had Frankie Sidoris on yesterday, the lead guitar player for him. So excited, big night. Hopefully everybody's heading out and a lot of people are in town. I got two calls between last night and the start of this show today from buddies who are in the car driving out here for fantasy football drafts. This is fantasy football time, and PTs wants to help you with your fantasy football draft party. Uh, draft your ultimate fantasy team at your favorite PTs Tavern while enjoying ice cold $7 beer pitchers and food packs for only $20 for a group of four, 40 for a group of six. If you have a bigger crowd, they will accommodate. I know a couple of big parties tomorrow at the SG Bar. The SG right at 215 in Flamingo, which is always a good time there. So hope you have a good fantasy football weekend if you're putting your team together. And we like PTs because they fuel the monologue as we get going. This was not a great week for the Raiders. We found out that a couple of players are injured. And then they went out and made a trade for Perryman, a linebacker who could be a starting linebacker with the Raiders if you look at his history with Gus Bradley and what he's done in the past. So I think the first, as I keep telling everybody, this is one of the quietest seasons I can remember for the Raiders since they moved back to Oakland and now are in Vegas. Quiet. Not a lot in the offseason. We came off COVID last year, and they're back with COVID protocol. Last year, the Raiders were decimated with COVID. Players in protocol, players with actual COVID, coaches with COVID, and now they're looking to get off to a good start. Look, there's COVID chaos around the league. The Titans have nine players who tested positive two weeks before the start of the season. That is a big deal, what's happening here. And now the NFL is trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, The union wants testing possibly every day. And when it comes to vaccinated players, the NFL's good. And maybe every seven days instead of every 14 days or whatever they're going to come to agreement with. With the NFL wanting every seven days. This is for vaccinated players. Non-vaccinated players got to get tested all the time. So the league is ready for this because we're going to cut down a bunch of players coming up here really quickly to get down to 53. And then there's going to be a lot of guys who are not going to get vaccinated because they made the team. That's a big deal. There are players, look at the Buffalo Bills. They're not going to get vaccinated, a number of their players, because they're going to make the team. They're not worried about getting cut. A lot of the guys who are about to get cut, dirty secret, are vaccinated, not because they wanted to be. They just didn't want to be a distraction. So they got vaccinated to show up and try to make their team in all these different markets. And the players who are not vaccinated are going to be some of the players left on these teams. And Roger Goodell, I believe, is sending out a warning shot. Last year, I was on the radio in the beginning of COVID. When I got the news from inside the Raiders that they weren't going to go with fans, Mark Davis said, if every fan can't go, I'm not going. And then there were no fans all year. A couple of teams decided to let some fans in. 
some small crowds with fans, especially late in the year. But it wasn't NFL football. It wasn't anything like NFL football. It wasn't even like the Canadian Football League or the XFL. There was no one there, and it just changed the game. Now in the offseason, Roger Goodell made it clear that he wants full capacity. But that was before the explosion in the Delta variant and the numbers that continue to climb when it comes to COVID. Not COVID deaths. I'm not talking about deaths. I'm talking about hospitalizations and people testing positive. So the league is very nervous about this, and I know that. And the league is trying to get in front of this. The league's trying to get everyone vaccinated as quickly as they can after cutdowns, and then they can start this off. And I think Mark Davis's idea was to get everybody vaccinated inside the stadium so we wouldn't have to wear a mask. I'm going to the concert tonight with a mask on. I will have several Modellos mixed in, so I'll be able to take my mask down, vaccinated, to drink a cerveza, to drink a Modelo. But for others, the mask is supposed to be on. And good luck keeping a mask mandate going at a Guns N' Roses concert. Imagine these fine people who signed up to get a job at Allegiant Stadium, and they got to walk up and down the aisle as Axl Rose is screaming and Slash is playing, and all of a sudden they're going to dive into your row saying, excuse me, can you put your mask up? It's, it's, it can't happen. So the Raiders don't want to deal with that at a Raider game. They want everybody vaccinated so we don't have to w- tell you to wear a mask. And that's the rule going forward. I was in the building the other day. I know a lot of people that are there that are involved in ticketing, and they are on the front lines taking phone calls from others on this issue. The Raiders are aware of what all the customers want and what all the customers are dealing with. So the Raiders were able to put together an option for the season ticket holders. You can roll over your tickets to next year. You could get a refund, or you can go with the vaccine. Very simple. I obviously support it. Now you got to make up your mind on what you're going to do. Hey, one more thing I wanted to mention on the Raiders here as we open up the show. Premium suites and loge boxes are available for Raider games, concerts, and events. Contact the Raiders at 1-800-RAIDERS and select premium seating. Or go to AllegianStadium.com and then select Premium Suite and Lodge. We really want to get the word out here that you can do a lot of upgrades. You can get a suite. You can get a suite for these concerts. You can get a suite. And it's call, it's, you're going to be able to make it work. The money works better than you think. I got guys and friends who have club seats, good seats that cost a lot of money, and they can't believe for not much of an upgrade you can get in a suite and have an unbelievable opportunity with that type of service. So if you have any question on this, uh, just go to AllegianStadium.com and select Premium Suite and Lodge or call 1-800-RAIDERS and select Premium Seating, and they'll talk you through it and some of the options that they have there right now. All right, let me jump in with Gus Bradley. He was the guy yesterday that everybody wanted to hear from. We covered his press conference here on the show. And I think, God, I want to hear more of Gus all the time. I want to hear more of Gus speak because he just cuts right to the chase and he tells everybody what he's thinking. And yesterday was fantastic. He talked about Cleland Farrell, who is, it doesn't look like he's penciled to be a starter, but he's going to need Clee to be in that second group and play at a very high level. Yeah, you know, I think, like I mentioned 
when we first met about you can never have enough rushers. So we're trying to develop that second-tier rush group, you know, the guys that can come in and keep the first group fresh and kind of make it to where, you know, they all have a role and they all feel like they have, they're a part of it. So that's what we're trying to develop now and seeing, all right, what's the best matchup? Who's, the, you know, who's that second group that's going to come in and provide that rush that we need? That's interesting. How do you take that? How do you take that? Is it demotion for Cleve Farrell that he's not in the first group? You know, I got that right. I, I, I got that right. I knew that Max Crosby was going to be the starter. And I told you before anyone, Yannick Ngakwe was coming to the Raiders. That's the guy I wanted. Cleve Farrell is not good enough to unseat Max Crosby or Yannick Ngakwe. But Cleve can come in on third down rushing situations. One of those guys might get nicked up. And Cleve, fortunately, can play inside and can play defensive tackle with an interior rush because he's very athletic. We'll see what happens. Bradley talked about the Perryman trade. Gus Bradley gets a former player of his from the Chargers that he's very familiar with. I appreciate you phrasing it that way. <laughs> um, you know, Denzel, we have a, a lot of history with him just from our time back with the Chargers. So he, he's, a, he's a very good leader, very good pro. Um, you know, he brings some explosiveness to us. He's, uh, he's got very good instincts. He understands the package and what is asked of him. So, you know, we just need to create some more depth there. And, uh, you know, because of some of the situations we've been in. So, you know, healthy and, you know, come back in and, and able to play, it'll be a good addition. I think he'll fit in well with that group, too. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the boss on defense. He's getting one of his former players who he believes is still explosive and is a great leader. So that's a good move. Did you want K.J. Wright? Yeah, I wanted K.J. Wright. He was probably too expensive. They got the next best thing in a trade where you're talking about a six-round uh, pick and a seven-round swap. No big deal. I don't care about the Raiders' six-round picks anymore, seven-round picks, fifth-round picks. I'd rather see guys come in here who can play. So trade those picks and get guys who have film on them, who have tackled in this league and can help this team get to the playoffs. It's the first time I've said that, too. I told you this year, anchor in the draft, that you know the Raiders like to hold on to their draft picks. They want to hold on to them from the Khalil Mack trade and all their picks, and that's the way they do it. The Rams are just the opposite. The Rams want to give up all their picks. They don't want their first-round pick, second-round pick. They want to use it to go get Jalen Ramsey. They want to use it to go get players that can help them win now. Now, it could come back to bite the Rams in years to come. It could. But that's the way they're running their business. That's the way they're doing it. Here's my favorite soundbite from Gus yesterday. Get on the bus with Gus. When he talked about his fundamentals and what he's doing and how it will enable this defense to be better. Well, I would say this with our package. It's not, you know, it's not a package that has 30 different coverages, 30 different pressures, all new each week. You know, we're trying to do a lot of the same things over and over again. And with that, it really gives us time to do a lot of work on fundamentals. So every day there's tackling involved in it. And we can have time to do that. Each position groups make time for that. So, I mean, the different leverage tacklings, we communicate on tackles, where the leverage is coming from. So it's been a big emphasis, and we're seeing it cleaner and cleaner. Now our first group really hasn't, you know, got an opportunity to to do it live other than the joint practice. so But we're seeing enough of it in practice where we're seeing our leverage improve. That is a great soundbite, isn't it? I mean, that's fantastic. He's basically telling you that the packages that he has, the multiple looks and the practicing of fundamentals, will get this team better. Again, I'm not an anti-Paul Gunther guy. He was good to me. He's got a reputation. He's had a good reputation as a coordinator. 
But at the end, it was time for him to go for a number of reasons. And they brought in a former head coach in Gus Bradley, architect of the Legion of Boom in Seattle, and a guy who's had some good defenses with the Chargers in the past. And this scheme has been known to work, and it's got to work this time around. Final bite from Gus was on Damon Arnett, who we're trying to get Arnett to see if he could take his game to the next level. He seems like he's matured in the offseason. Here's what Gus thinks of him at practice. I think for him it's the consistency as well. You're right. He did have a good day today. We kind of, you know, try to showcase him a little bit. You know, that's Coach Gruden's philosophy is try to attack different guys somewhat in practice and, and just see where their maturity level is. Can you get them back to back? So, you know, we're cautiously optimistic on him because I think he's, he's starting to feel more and more comfortable with what is asked of him. So he's always had the skill set. You know, the speed, the, the quickness, the agility, the ball skills. So just getting him to have more and more confidence on the perimeter is important. You know, one of the ways I prep for the show, I don't have writers. I don't have three-hour fake coffee bagel meetings. I don't read Twitter and cut and paste and do my show off Twitter. I talk to my friends. I ask their opinions on sports, and they give me mine, and I talk to them. I talked to one of my great friends today, Joe Haro, former UNLV running back, Jersey Joe Haro. And he's going to be going to Raider games. He's got a big job in town. A lot of people know Joe, former Division I football player and running back, and with the Rebel Foundation and everything he does in town. And we were going through the roster. And he said, look, he goes, Tanner Muse. Guy played for, on an ACC championship defense. We started going through Trayvon Mullen. We were talking about Merrick and what he can do at the safety position. We were talking about a whole bunch of players. And Joe pointed out, and when we got to Arnett, Ohio State, the Raiders have brought in a bunch of elite young players from high-level programs over the last couple of years who were brought in to be playmakers and future pro bowlers. Divine Diablo was not brought in to be a pro bowler. He was taken later in the draft, okay? But Alex Leatherwood was drafted to be a pro bowler, along with Jonathan Abram and Josh Jacobs. And you go down the list of Damon Arnett, first-round pick, an obvious reach pick at this point in time, seeing that he can't get on the field and be available, but still tremendous talent, and maybe he could be coached by Gus to become a pro bowler. My point is, the Raiders have drafted elite players who played in the biggest games in college for Clemson and Alabama. It is time for these young men to step up. John Gruden and Mike Mayock have put their necks out on the line for these guys. They made them millionaires, okay, millionaires coming out of college to play pro. Put down the Instagram, put down the music, be the first one in the building, call Charles Woodson, he'll talk to you for an hour before you go to bed at night, sit with George Atkinson after practice, one of the great Raider defenders of all time, pick up the phone and call Phil Villapiano in New Jersey and call my friend Romocop, Bill Romanowski, who I talked to yesterday, and call Romo. And his wife will pick up or Romo will pick up and go, Hey, Bill, I'm trying to make the Raiders at linebacker. You were a four-time Super Bowl champ. Can I pick your brain for an hour? Can I ask you about this scheme we're in and how, how you were able to be such a great player on it? It's time to mature and step up. And it seems like they're doing that with Gus Bradley, which I'm excited to see. I'd like your opinion on that. I don't have a guest until 40 minutes after the hour. Uh, Ashley from Sam and Ash is going to join us, my good friend, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. We'll get you on the radio, 702-365-9200. Black Hole Cisco Kid, 
Black Hole Die Hard, Raider Nation Radio. What's happening? JT, how you doing, my brother? Good, my brother. Good to see you. I know the Black Hole has got one of the biggest events in Black Hole history coming up. Tell me about it. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Glad you brought that up. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, still a lot of planning in the works, but we're pulling out all the strings. Uh, you know, obviously, with the relocation to Las Vegas, we had to step it up Vegas style. Uh, still train, staying true to our roots, you know, but uh, definitely stepping it up. And uh, so September 12th, uh, inside the lovely Caesars Hotel, uh, Omni Nightclub will be wow. our official season kickoff party that we've been doing for years, as you know, JT. So we're not slowing down. We're keeping with, with the tradition of providing the Raider Nation the best and best party to be at in uh, in Vegas for the Raider Nation. And uh, we got an A-list artist coming wow. in. Can't tell you who just yet. Uh, some local celebrities and uh, some former former Raider greats. So That's great. You know, you know how excited I am for the black hole, and I didn't think I didn't know that fit was going to happen with one of the premier nightclubs in the world, let alone in Vegas. But it shows you the power of the black hole that Caesars, Caesars Entertainment, Caesars Palace want to put the black hole and the kickoff party inside their iconic nightclub before the start of the season. That's a great honor for the black hole and great for Caesars. Congratulations. Yeah, we've uh, partnered with some great folks that believe in us, JT, and, and, you know, you're a big part of that. You know, you've been a supporter. You've been a black hole brother for many, many years. And, you know, we just had to uh, we had to treat the Raider Nation right, man. And, you know, we got to do what we got to do. All right, my friend. We'll, again, keep promoting it. Uh, let's get some of the celebrities on, whatever I can do to help you. Can't wait to see the black hole in their new home. Obviously, oh, to yeah. see how you guys kick off Allegiant Stadium. Appreciate the call. All right, Cisco, checking in. Good to hear that. You know, the Black Hole brand is massive. And I'm the first member ever of the Black Hole Hall of Fame. And I have that plaque in my office here where I'm doing the show today from home. And I look at it every day. Honored to be a part of the Black Hole and their history. And the guys who built the Black Hole, especially Black Hole Rob, uh, one of my dearest friends, who I'm thinking of all the time. I'm really thinking about him hard right now and uh, hope the Black Hole does great things again. Good group of guys and gals, really loyal to the Raider Nation. Opens up a line for you, 702-365-9200. Really here in the monologue, I want to get your reaction on Gus Bradley's press conference yesterday and what you think he's going to do with the new pieces here. Who are the new pieces that are going to start? In my opinion, because of the injury tomorrow, I never thought that Javen White was a starter. I didn't. I think he was making progress not to be a practice squad player and to make the team. I think he's coming along. But the guys who now we know are the new pieces who are going to play are Casey Hayward at cornerback, Perryman at linebacker, hopefully Gerald McCoy at defensive tackle, Yannick Ngakwe at edge rusher, Trayvon Merrig at safety. Now, if I'm forgetting someone else, that's five. Those are five new starters. Assuming that Jonathan Abram is going to keep his position and start. He's been here for a while. We look at the other cornerback position. Trayvon Mullen's been here. Then we look at Nick Witkowski and Corey Littleton. That's nine. They've been here. Jonathan Hankins, 10. He's been here. So if you look at the new starters who are coming in, oh, and Tanner Muse. 
who's fighting for his starting spot. He's been a Raider, but he hasn't played due to injury. So there's five new pieces coming in, flat-out new pieces that make me happy. Because I didn't know if the Raiders were going to bring in five new starters on defense in the offseason. I was hoping they would. Mike Mayock accomplished that. He accomplished that. He brought in five new defensive starters. And hopefully they're ready to play and have big years. Out to San Francisco, where the Raiders are heading to Santa Clara. Big Al in San Francisco. What's happening, buddy? No, not too much. I just... uh... Taking, taking a break, listening to the show online. Um, you know, I went. You know, I went to the Coliseum last night for the first time since the Raiders uh, lost to Jacksonville on that fateful day, in 2019. And uh, you know, I've been going to the Coliseum for 30 something years, and I got to see uh, the beloved New York Yankees last night. And you know, you go to the Coliseum, and anybody you know in Vegas that has been there. Uh, and watched an A's game, let alone a Raiders game, recognizes that the, that the people that go to the game are incredibly passionate fans. They love their team, whether it's the A's or whether it's or whether it was the Raiders. And even with the situation, you know, that the, the Yankees come in, a lot of Yankee fans show up, and it's a it's a spirited atmosphere and it's a good place to go. But unfortunately, the A's, um, for and this has been going on for twenty something years, seem to be walking you know walking around. Like you know, like they've been slighted and wounded, and you know, you know, in drama queen fashion. And the crowds have now gotten so low that mm-hmm. even though they're loud, there's a lot of empty space. I mean, I used to go to that stadium for baseball games, and I was I've been to over a hundred greater football games there. And mm-hmm. the place would be, you know, you know, the place would have a, you know, a good vibe, a good amount of people there. But on some of those Yankee A's games, it'd be packed. You couldn't get a seat. Hey, Big Al, hold on a second. I had someone tell me that the official box score had like 8,700. You told me with the photo you sent me, maybe 15,000. How in God's name can the Oakland Athletics have less than 15,000, possibly less than 10? Back in the day, there would be 15,000 Yankee fans there when they got 35,000 for an A's Yankee game. I mean, there were sections in the lower bowl at the Coliseum where hundreds of seats were empty up and down the foul lines. How is that even possible on a beautiful night when weather's not an issue in Oakland? Uh, I think it comes down to two things. One, uh, the COVID issue here is is certainly uh, much more emphasized than it is in other parts of the country. And there's no need to go political on that, but that's the way it is here. Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, okay. And secondly, uh, when the when the A's when the A's management stops crying in their you know in their two percent milk and starts to really market this team as hey this is a quality product we're a major league baseball team we are a contending baseball team we might be right now they're down a little bit but they're, mm-hmm. they're still they're still contending we're a contending baseball team we're playing the most prolific team in the history of, the, of major league baseball on a four day set get out here. Come watch. Let's have a great time and enjoy life and do it safely. Well, maybe they put some more people in there. But when they keep saying we need to get out, we need a better stadium. It's like we want, we want, we want. And we've been hearing that for years. Mm-hmm. I think people are sick of it. I mean, I love yeah. going. I live in San Francisco. I never have a problem going over there. But after a while, it's like enough is enough. And the city of San, and the city of Oakland should clean the place up a little bit. And I don't yeah. think it's been power washed since the Raiders left. Thanks, Big Al. Appreciate the call. You know, I'm a big Yankee fan. Now, I watched that game last night, and the Yankees had a 6 nothing lead, and then they blew it. It was 6-6, and they won on a judge. 
hit in a base-stealing era where runner went from third, first to third. But you know, I'm on the radio every night hosting my show, my other show on Sirius. I couldn't believe how limited the crowd is. So I am in no support of the A's moving to Vegas at all because of the way they dealt with the Raiders. And there's a lot of Raider management, including Mark Bedane and other people that I've talked about with this who are no longer with the team. And I stand strong with the fact that the A's were in a position where they negotiated behind the Raiders' back on a 10-year lease and screwed the Raiders over. This is coming from Oakland A and Raider fans, same team, who agree with this, that the A's screwed over the Raiders. How in God's name do you think that I would sit here on Raiders radio working for the team and think that the A's should be welcome in Vegas after the screw job they put on the Raiders in the same parking lot at the Coliseum? Now, look, maybe I can get over it, but I've lived in Vegas on and off since 1996. And I know that professional baseball, 35 to 40,000, will not work here because we bake like potatoes in the summer. We go to 115 degrees. And no one's going to want to see the A's with that crap ownership, the fourth largest, uh, richest ownership that doesn't spend a dime in Oakland, all of a sudden going to come to Vegas looking for some type of deal like the Raiders got, and then what, all of a sudden going to pump money into the payroll? It won't happen. And we don't need an eyesore baseball dome on the strip. Because unless you put a dome on the strip, you're nuts if you think people are going to go to Henderson to watch a baseball game on a Tuesday night between the A's and the Twins. You're nuts, and you don't know about sports. Now, if you're in the business where you'd like to see some business come to Vegas, I get that. If you're in Henderson and you want the A's there because you want to buy a bar, you want to have a dry cleaners and all that, I totally understand that. Same thing where I live here in Summerlin. They built their hockey headquarters, and they built you know a couple sheets of ice, and it's great here. But don't compare the A's to the Vegas Golden Knights and Raiders. They're not. So I don't support it because the ownership and that Dave Cavill guy is a carnival barker. And the reason why the A's aren't drawing anybody is because the president of the A's is Instagramming and taking selfies in Vegas every two weeks. And the A's fans are really pissed off about it because the A's would like their president to focus on the team trying to get to the playoffs instead of taking Jets to Vegas and living high on the hog and having nice dinners and tweeting out what he's doing in Vegas. You won't hear anybody on the radio say that other than me because no one knows the story anywhere near close than I do. Fact, not fiction. So if the A's come here, fantastic. I will not support them at any level other than when the Yankees come and my buddies give me tickets right behind home plate. 702-365-9200 is the number. If you want to get through two massive announcements next week for the show on where we'll be on the road for some select football games this year. Talking Monday night football, Thursday night football. We're ready to tell you that next week as we keep it going. Number 702-365-9200. We are brought to you by Modelo, where I have a bucket of Modelos on ice every Friday. I stare at them out the window as they glimmer in the Modelo bucket and the ice is on top of it and I wait for them to get ice cold because Modelo is an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. I got time to get you on the radio before Ashley of Sam and Ash coming up in about 15 minutes. Yeah, I just think the risk versus the you know very little reward of of seeing a guy in in uh, preseason, 
uh, and everyone's got a different opinion on that. We just felt like uh, we want our team to be fresh when we open the season. Uh, we felt like we've gotten good practices, uh, not only the you know with the uh, Rams, but also the practice we've had out here, and and, and just. You know, a different philosophy, I guess, than some people have it, some don't. We just want to make sure that the team is, is fresh and healthy when we do start the 17-game season. That's Greg Olson. I'm cool with that. He's been around a long time. Been with John Gruden a long time, and they decided to shut down a number of players. JT, back with you. John Gruden's going to speak in a little bit. We might be able to take a few minutes of that. I'm sure your boy Q and obviously Vinny will have more of that as they are down there at practice. And I'm excited. The other big storyline this week that I want to make sure we get in is that Cliff Branch has been selected as the senior finalist for the Hall of Fame class of 2022. As you know, I was great friends with Cliff. I built an unbelievable bond with him. I was very lucky and very blessed that Cliff let me into his life on the sideline, on the road, and got to know him really well. And I thought the world to Cliff, and I was devastated when he died unexpectedly. And I've been trying as much as I can to help in the push towards the Hall of Fame, just from a radio perspective, like I tried to do with Coach Flores and Jim Plunkett, who we try to do a lot with on the show, and the judge, Lester Hayes, Phil Villapiano, whole bunch of players, Steve Wisniewski, great friend of the show, and Eric Allen. Eric Allen was a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I want to help all these guys live their dream. But for Cliff, he's the senior. And he should get in now. He needs 80% of the vote. And he should be able to get that number easily because they're putting him up there by himself in that senior group. And he's a senior finalist. And no one should screw with that. Everyone in that room who has a vote understands if they vote against Cliff Branch, they're keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. A lot of times when you vote no on a guy and he's in his first year of eligibility, I'll give you a good example. When you think of Eli Manning coming up and Phillip Rivers, I think they're both Hall of Famers, no doubt. But in their first year of eligibility, if you say if you vote no, you know that maybe three, four years from now you'll vote yes. You just don't want to let him in on a first ballot. Well, now Cliff is dead, unfortunately. And number two, the Raiders have been pushing behind the scenes for Cliff to try to help him for quite some time. So a negative vote for Cliff Branch is a negative vote to the Raider organization. And we've just got to hope that that doesn't happen. We should all feel pretty confident that Cliff is going to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But we said that about another, a bunch of other guys. So I'm very, very optimistic. And I wanted to bring that up here as we wrap up this week in the next hour and a half here, if you want to get through. So we'll see what's going to happen here. Uh, you'll hear some of the John Gruden. Or if you want to go to the Raiders social media uh, at Raiders.com or the Raiders on Twitter, or YouTube coming up to watch that press conference you can and come back to us. More from Greg Olson, a couple of his comments from yesterday that were important and we wanted to get into the show. Uh, Greg Olson uh, looking at this team really closely on the Mariota reps. You know, I thought we'd see a little bit more of Marcus Mariota, but John Gruden said that he was a little nicked up to play in the Rams game, but he was the emergency quarterback. Here's Greg Olson. Yeah, we would have liked to have uh... – Paul, I'll be honest with you, but he, you know, he was injured early, and so we could not play him. And now, again, this close to the season, we haven't made the decision uh, yet as of today. Uh, it's given Nate a chance to, to play a lot of snaps. We, were, we had hoped that he would have gotten in uh, early in the early games, but at this point we'll still uh, haven't made the decision yet on whether he'll play Sunday. But, um, 
because it's so close to the opener. But it would have been nice to have got him out there, got some rest. But, again, that's, that's how it, it played out. And, uh, again, he's had some good practices out here. So, uh, you know, we like where he's at. It would be nice to have played him. But, again, that's, can't do anything about that. Yeah, I'd just like to see Marcus Mariota play. I mean, you can't bubble wrap Marcus Mariota. The guy doesn't play football. The guy practices. He played one game last year. He's got to play in the preseason. He's getting paid a lot of money. If you want to protect Marcus Mariota on top of Derek Carr, we're seeing a lot. Ben Roethlisberger's playing in the preseason. You're seeing starters play. So Mariota should be expected to play. I hope he plays a half against the 49ers. I would hope to. And one more from Greg Olson from the press conference yesterday on what they've been fighting through, dealing with in the preseason as they get ready to wrap it up. Yeah, but I think, you know, again, we've, we've had a lot of practices, a lot of teamwork and a lot of seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, uh, obviously, the individual work goes into the evaluation process as well, but we've had a lot of teamwork against our defense. We've had to feel like we've had a chance to, to see those guys and, and evaluate them. And, and we, we had the plan. We planned this, you know, a year ago, uh, really, when we went through last you know, or two years ago, we went through the uh, preseason. We just had made that decision that let's do a great job of evaluating. Let's try and get a, a combined practice with another football team uh, and then make the decisions based on, on those practices. And, and we feel good about it. Yeah, well thought out by Greg Olson. That's why he gets sent to the microphone to explain what the Raiders want to do. If you like to read, if you want to kill some time, if you're waiting for something later today, go to my Twitter at JT the Brick. Earlier today, I tweeted out how many members of the national NFL media Know that the Raiders added Casey Hayward, Yannick Ngakwe, Trayvon Merrick, Darius Phylon, Gerald McCoy, Denzel Perryman, Nate Hobbs, Quentin Jefferson, and Solomon Thomas to their defense. And there's about 60, 70 responses from fans, most of them Raider fans, a lot of them who agree with me, but some others say, hey, shut up, JT, go win the games. And they're right. Now, I could sit here and tell you how I think the Raiders got better in the offseason. I think you agree with me that the Raiders got better in the offseason. But as I keep telling you, there's so much hate against the Raiders now and dislike from the national media that most of the national media guys don't know the Raider roster. So they've never heard of Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs might start at slot corner. He should, I think. They don't know anything about Perryman and Gerald McCoy coming back and Trayvon Merrick. They don't know. So when they get on ESPN or Fox, they don't go through the list I just went through with you. They just say, ah, oh, the Raiders, they had a terrible defense last year. They're going to be terrible this year. And you, you go, what? You're an analyst on NFL Network or Fox, Fox Sports 1, ESPN, and that's your response? You don't even know the Raiders roster. you got to know the Raiders roster to make, it a, to make an opinion on, on what the team's going to do defensively this year. And Gus Bradley's got enough players. And he shouldn't need another two or three years to get more players. The guys he has should step up. Ashley joins us from Sam and Ash. Love having her on. She's a sports fan. She's a community leader. And she does a lot to help her clients at SamandAshLaw.com. Also, Brandon Cristal next hour on Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos. And we'll replay our Nate Hobbs interview from earlier in the week if you missed that. Well, you know, they called a taunting call, I think, on us last week. And also, that's a 
big point of emphasis. I think it's a good point of emphasis. Who needs that? Taunting. Uh, it's okay, I guess, to have seven guys celebrating after an interception. Uh, I kind of see, see that as taunting, but uh, whatever the, the points of emphasis are, if you're a coach, you have to emphasize it with your team. We brought in the officials to hear the points of emphasis, and we try to coach to that. Obviously, the rule on the outside where the corners can't cut the pulling linemen, that's a, that's a completely different rule. Uh, we'll see how that's enforced. Um, so to your question, yeah, we, we listen carefully and try to absorb it and coach it. JT back with you. Bobby's playing Guns N' Roses. As I'm out the door in over an hour, heading out to Allegiant Stadium for Guns N' Roses. But now I'm looking at the website, salmonashlaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Ashley Watkins joins us. Ash, can't wait to talk to you. I miss you. How have you been? Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Oh, I've missed you too, JT. We need to hang out again soon. Absolutely. And again, there's a lot of events coming up here. We're excited about this first Raider game on Monday Night Football. Only one preseason game. I talked to Sam. I don't know if I talked to you about the mandate. I support it. I support what the Raider organization does. They're the boss, and they call for a vaccine mandate for those 12 or over. How do you think it's gone over in this town? Because a lot of casinos, hotels, and other businesses haven't gone with the mandate yet. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think the the state thinks that we're under-vaccinated, and there's arguments one way and the other. And I think the, it's the, an interesting approach to it, and I'm curious to see how successful it'll be. And ultimately, my goal is for a healthy, safe Vegas and a, a safe return to normalcy. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting, Ashley. We've talked about this for a while. We're not normal here in Vegas, and <laughs> we just have too many people visiting. You know, we talk about this with you all the time at Salmon Ash Law that – There are people coming into this town who are reckless with driving. They're reckless. You know, it's a place where people come and let loose. And a lot of people are coming here unvaccinated. So we saw the uh, spike in the COVID numbers. And now big decisions are made at the highest level of government and business. Yeah, absolutely. You're right, JT. It's interesting with how many people and visitors we have in our city. Um, We're exposed to different types of nuances that other cities don't have to deal with. And so we're trying to figure it out and handle it the best we can so we don't end up back where we were in March of 2020. I love what you're doing locally. Tell us about the Animal Foundation's Best in Show. I know you're sponsoring that. You love this. Tell us about it. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, Sam and I, we have soft spots for our, in our hearts for animals and everything um, about them because we have little Rocky in our office. And so the Animal Foundation, every year they do a best in show. Last year it was virtual because of COVID. This year we're back in person. And basically what they do is they get some of their animals, these shelter dogs, will strut their stuff on the red carpet, and they'll compete for um, the people's vote. And one dog will be crowned best in show. But all of the dogs participate are available for adoption and so it's it's critical that we um, clean out these shelters and, and make sure these homes these dogs get the homes they truly deserve salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right my personal injury attorneys ashley's our great friend out here if you get into an accident only one group two for one salmon ash salmonashlaw.com i know you wanted to also support, and I know you do support, the servicemen and women around the world. And we just saw those horrific acts yesterday in Kabul. And we always bump into military out here. I do on the sideline of Raider games. And you know, Vegas is a military town uh, out at Nellis. 
And I just wanted to get your comments on these brave heroes. Uh, yesterday was a very dark day in our country's history, and everybody should go out of the way, out of their way to thank everyone who protects and serves. Yeah, absolutely, JT. I was at an airport this morning, and I was um, near a bunch of servicemen and women. And it's a yesterday what we watched um, occur was um, a great reminder that, you know, despite all of our political differences and viewpoints on every issue, um, we need to unite and support our servicemen and women because they put their lives on the line day in and day out to make sure that we have the luxuries and freedoms that we have and that we can sit and have this conversation right now. We don't have to worry about things that are going on abroad and even domestically. And so we just need to unite behind that cause and, and take, a, take a moment to just say thank you. You know, what you bring up is so important. I have my best friend visiting, and we're watching the news, and the news is so dark. It was so dark yesterday and so grave, and we don't need to politicize this. I know people, you know, you have cable news, no matter how you consume it, what channel. On a day like that, just think of the servicemen and women and their families, what they're going through. They don't want to turn on cable news and see all of this bickering and all this anger there. we got to think of the servicemen and women first who lost their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it breaks my heart when I, you know, I go on Twitter, that evil uh, venue of social media, and uh, it's just a cesspool of of hate. And it's so sad because there's so many people and their family members that are putting their lives on the line so we can bicker behind keyboards. And so I'm with you, JT. If you see a serviceman or servicewoman on the street, you know, shake their hand or say thank you. Just take a moment to think about what they're doing day in and day out for us or have to. Absolutely. There's two topics I want to hit on uh, for Sam and Ash Law. This is important to me because I see this. Your website is fantastic. And if you go to areas of practice, you have all these areas you specialize in. But I was thinking boating accidents today because I'm watching on the news on how low the water is at Lake Mead. And it's sad. It really is sad to see the bathtub ring. And now it's getting more dangerous to boat out there. Just even unloading your boat and bringing your boat back, there's chaos out at Lake Mead as people are trying to launch boats and they're trying to take off initially with the traffic on the water and the body of water lowering by the minute. Yeah, absolutely. We, You know, anywhere there can be accidents, including the lake and it's so sad watching that waterline drop but you know when when you're operating a, a boat or you're a passenger on a boat you've got to be safe and you've got to, to be responsible for the people on your boat around your boat um, and if you get injured um, make sure you immediately get health care and get treated for any of your injuries and if you need help getting compensated call a lawyer I mean that's what we do we help people through these difficult situations because you really don't want a fun day to turn sour but sometimes it happens so just get someone to help you through that process and we're happy to do it ashley joins us salmonashlaw.com 702-820-1234 and one more area i just wanted to know where the trend was in this business uber and lyft accidents what's that like for your clients who you're helping out what do we have to be aware of when we get in an uber and a lyft i'm coming home from a concert or going to a sporting event or people are coming home from a raider game what concerns you Yeah, you know, if you're in an Uber or Lyft and you get into an accident, regardless of whether your driver uh, caused it or another driver caused it, make sure you get all the information possible. Still take photos. Even though you're just a passenger, be proactive. Take photos. Get information of who your driver is, who the other driver is, their license plate number, because you don't want to be stuck behind the eight ball trying to piece it together after the fact when you don't have that information, and it'll help you get through that claim process easily. My 22-year wedding anniversary is September 4th, and I'm looking on my calendar here, and I see September 3rd 
is First Friday. We should get together for First Friday. Oh, my gosh. I'd love it. Yeah, I think uh, Sam's in town. His whole family's going to be out there, and so I'll probably be there with the dog, and, and we'll have some fun. So, yeah, definitely come down. We can roll into Circa or do something downtown. Does that sound good? Oh, I love it. And then we have a week uh, before I ask you your prediction on the Raider record. I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it anymore on the record. But as you know, we're adding a game, Ashley. So it used to be easy to say eight and eight. Used to be easy to say nine and seven, ten and six. Uh-huh. What do you think about this new schedule now that there's one extra game, seventeen games? Oh, I think it's going to be good. I, I'm not. I'm confident in our team. I'm confident in Derek Carr. You know, we've stuck behind him, and so mm-hmm. you just got to unite, unite behind him and and give him his chance. Because I think this is a great year. We've we've made some changes to the roster for success, and I, I'm excited. I'm not Tell ready to everybody. make predictions yet, though. All right. Well, we'll give you a little bit more time. Okay. Tell everyone how they can directly get in touch with you, with your staff, so they get in touch with you on the phone. Yeah, 24-7, day or night, weekdays, weekends. Um, call the number, 702-820-1234, or go to our website, um, salmonashlaw.com. You can chat there, and someone will call you right back. I'll talk to you and see you next week. Thanks for doing this on Friday. Oh, thank you, JT, and have fun tonight. I will. Thank you. There she is, Ashley from SamAndAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. She knows I'm going to have fun tonight. I've been waiting. Yesterday we had a really cool interview with Frankie Sidoris. He is the guitar player, as you know, for Mammoth. That's the warm-up band for Guns N' Roses. He also plays with Slash. Frankie, and I'm going to the show with his dad, which I'm excited about. He's going to be pre-partying with us over at the Cosmo before the show. And I think Frankie's going to come out with some Vegas gear on which will be really cool because he's from Vegas. He told us yesterday, being born out here in Henderson and getting an opportunity as a Golden Knight fan. So I don't know. I don't want to – I know there's a lot of people going. I think there's going to be over 50. I don't know how many exact tickets have been sold, but there's going to be a massive crowd tonight at Allegiant Stadium. And hopefully if you're there early, they're going to hit the stage exactly at 7. I mean exactly, uh, to a T. So if you want to come in and watch Wolfgang Van Halen, Eddie's son, who's fantastic – on tour with their album, warming up for Guns N' Roses with Frankie Sidoris. Get in there. Get in there at 5.30. I think doors open at 4, maybe 5. Get in there. Get there early. Uh, get up to the Torch. I'll be having beverages up at the Torch right there, that giant circle bar. And then get to your seats if you want to see Mammoth and see a great opening act. And then Guns N' Roses. And I'm excited for that. I'm a big Rolling Stones guy. The Rolling Stones will be playing in November, even though Charlie Watts passed away. But this is going to be exceptional Because who better to be the first rock act than the legendary Guns N' Roses christening Allegiant Stadium with rock and roll. I went to Garth Brooks, had a great time. My sons went to the soccer match. I was running around with the suit on for the first Raider preseason, the ribbon cutting. And now I get to go into Guns N' Roses before I get to go to the kickoff classic as we get ready for Arizona and BYU in these games. It's incredible what's happening here in Las Vegas because of Allegiant Stadium. Build it, and they will come. And Mark Davis built it, and now everybody's coming. All right, one more hour to go. Everybody have a great weekend. If you're going to Guns N' Roses, be safe. Get there early. Or if you're ready for uh, Sunday, we'll be out at M Resort Casino and Spa. We're doing the pregame show, 11 a.m., right outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill, you can't mess us. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence on Sunday. Big weekend ahead right here on Raider Nation Radio.